Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Nothing was lacking and David recovered all. I think that's amazing, simply amazing. God spoke a sentence and says, hey, go pursue these guys, <laughs> go pursue them, and you're going to recover everything. Amazing. And it happened. Why should we be surprised? And when God does things, we always like, for me, I always say, can you believe it? Can you believe God did this? Well, yeah, God's amazing. He's powerful. And so if I say that to you, when God does something amazing, just remind me, well, yeah, duh, God's amazing. Have you been in a situation where it seemed impossible for your circumstances to turn out favorable? Today, Pastor Eric will be reminding us that we serve an almighty God that has our best interest in mind. The Bible tells us, with man, things can be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part two of today's message entitled, The Return. The Lord speaks to David after David says, what shall I do? Shall I pursue? And God responds by saying, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them without fail, and you will recover all. What a sweet word from God to David. And I love this because it says, without fail, without fail, you will recover all. God sees the outcome of David's questions. He sees the outcome because God has already been there. He knows all things. So here, David is returning to the one who knows all things, who has all authority and all power, and he remembers who God is. And he says, should I go? Yes, go. You will be successful. And, you know, everything's going to come back. You're going to recover everything. Go overtake them. See, God sees the outcome of your questions. If you're like me, you have questions for God. <laughs> Sometimes I think, can I ask God question, too, much, too many questions? But no, he cares about us, right? I have a lot of questions for God and for the Lord. But after, after seeking the Lord in prayer, David gets the confirmation on what God wanted him to do. Now, this has been lacking for 16 months for David, not asking the Lord what to do. But here in our text, we see that not even 16 months of not asking the Lord, God listened to the response of David's crying out, and he responded to David. After 16 months, he responds. Now, this encourages me, and I hope it encourages you tonight, because it should encourage you this evening. We've heard many times, seek the Lord in prayer. Prayer is powerful. Have you heard that before? Probably thousands upon thousands of times behind a pulpit. Many of you believe that, but how many participate in prayer? How many partake in prayer? David, for 16 months, did not seek the Lord. At least it wasn't written down that he did. And I would say that it wasn't, it wasn't, that wasn't his heart because his actions didn't reflect it either. And actions always seem to speak louder than words. We saw the result of him not seeking the Lord. His home was burned and his family was taken away. I mean, I don't believe, personally, my, only, my thought, I don't believe that this is where God wanted him to reside, was in the Philistine camp. So we see the results. And I believe if David had sought the Lord after his second meeting with Saul, after he spared Saul for the second time, and Saul said to him, I'm not going to chase your life anymore. I'm not going to pursue you anymore. If he would have gone to the Lord, I believe the Lord would have guided him and directed him in a different direction. 
But he chose in his own mind, if you remember what we read, he was like, he's going to keep pursuing me, so I'm going to go reside here. But yet, we see the grace and compassion of God, even after 16 months. That's a year and four months, my friends. Sometimes I feel like I'm so far away from God if I don't talk to him for two or three days, you know? 16 months. But yet God's compassion and his love for David, because David with a sincere heart asked God what he wanted him to do. God, what do you want me to do? God responded. Why did he respond? Because David turned to him for direction. And David desired God's way and not his own. Did you know that God wants that from you and me? That he wants us to turn to him? He wants us to lean not on our own understanding, but to trust in him. Maybe you have a, you've been out of prayer for a while, operating under your own strength, and now you're facing a disaster. I would encourage you tonight to take it to the Lord, to take it to him tonight. If it's here or at your home, in your prayer closet, wherever it may be, if there is something that you haven't spoken to God about, go to him and he will respond. If your heart is genuine, wanting to know the direction that he wants and that you're willing to go that way, take it to him. He will give you guidance. He will be your strength. He is your God. He is your strength. Turn to him and ask him, Lord, my God, what shall I do? What shall I do? And remembering that he has seen the end of your question. He has seen the end of it. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 15 that God hears the prayers of the righteous. I mean, that means to turn with him with a genuine heart tonight. Approaching his throne through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Because as we learned on Sunday, our righteousness doesn't get us anywhere. But it's the righteousness of Jesus Christ that gets us to the throne room, right? The ascension into heaven. Jesus in John chapter 16, it was because of his righteousness. It's because of the son we can get to the father. And so it's through him, through Jesus, that we can have this time with God because he sees us as his sons and daughters because of Jesus paving the way, paying the payment for us to be his family. By doing this, by approaching God with that heart through the righteousness of Christ, God will respond and he will direct. Continuing on in verses 9 through 19, we see the outcome of what's going to take place. So David went. The Lord tells him to go and pursue these guys that took the families, who burned the city. He says, so David went, he and the 600 men who were with him, and they came to Brook Besor, where those who stayed were left behind. But David pursued. He and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind, who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Besor. Verse 11, Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David. They gave him bread and he ate it, and they let him drink water. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drunk water for three days and three nights." Then David said to him, To whom do you belong, and where are you from? And he said, I am a young man from Egypt, servant of an Amalekite. 
and my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. Verse 14, when we made an invasion of the southern area of the Cherethites in the territory which belongs to Judah and the southern area of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. And David said to him, can you take me down to this troop? So he said, swear to me by God that you will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will take you down to this troop. Verse 16, and when he had brought him down, there they were, spread spread out over all the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Verse 17, then David attacked them from the twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 men, young men who rode on camels and fled. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away and David rescued his two wives. And nothing of theirs lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them, David recovered all. God came through. God came through on what he told him. Is that surprising? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So we see in these 10 verses that David and his 600 men departed to pursue the Amalekites. They came to Brook Besor, which was a river that emptied into the Mediterranean Sea. Now 200 of his men stayed back because they did not cross the river because they were weary. These 200 men were exhausted. Now David and 400 men crossed the river and they found the Egyptian man. And he was a slave to the Amalekites. And then when they found him, David gave them food, gave him food and water because he hadn't drank anything or eaten anything for three days and three nights. And so when he regained his strength, as he regained his strength, David says, hey, where are you from? And the servant gives the info to David and he says, hey, we were, I'm an Egyptian, but I'm a, I'm a slave to the Amalekites. And we, we did all these things. And it's like, hello, God just put you in our path. Hey, do you mind, Mr. Egyptian, to take us to this camp? Yeah, if you don't kill me. All right, deal. So they go and they find the camp of the Amalekites. And what were they doing? They were dancing, drinking, partying it up because they had taken the great spoil. Craziness, right? Now, I find this, I find this very interesting that David found favor with the enemy's slave, well, how did this happen? How did David find favor with the enemy's slave? The one who took all the spoil, all the people. How did David find favor with them? Well, David blessed him by feeding him and giving him drink. And he showed this man mercy. He showed him mercy. And I believe if we want to find favor with man in this world, we must show them mercy and give them truth. In fact, Proverbs 3, verses 3 and 4 says this. It's on the screen, so look at it with me here. It says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on a tablet of your heart. And And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Now, I've seen, I've seen this play out in real life. When Nicole and I were in Haiti, Pastor Brian down there at Cross the Light Ministries showed mercy. 
And he said it was all done by Jesus, which is also the truth, right? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth. And so he shows mercy to the people. The people in Tent City, they were living in tarps for houses. And yet this man had mercy and truth bound around his neck. And he presented it daily to the people around her, around him. And guess what God did? He not only found favor with God, God was doing miraculous things and still is with this ministry, but now the people have also, he has found favor with the people, meaning that the people are listening to him present the truth. It's amazing. And I believe that it works here in our culture today. May this be a challenge to you tonight. Display mercy and truth, and you will find favor in the sight of God and man. This is our challenge as a church. <laughs> Look for ways to display mercy and truth. <laughs> so David, you know, he, he shows this guy mercy and truth, and sure enough, he, he comes through and he says, here's the Amalekite troops. And it's like, yes, I didn't even have to track them. This guy took us right to there. And now we can go and we can attack them. And David and his men attacked these people all night. And they killed them, except for 400. They escaped by the camel. And I was going to do research on how fast the camel could run, but I didn't do it. So you can study on your own time. How fast can a camel run? I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I'm like, how they escaped by camel. I always see camels just walking. Just They run fast. Great. 40 miles an hour. If you're a note-taker, there you go. They took off 40 miles an hour or so. Interesting to me. I think that's interesting. Nothing was lacking, and David recovered all. I think that's amazing, simply amazing. God spoke a sentence and says, hey, go pursue these guys, (laughs) go pursue them, and you're going to recover everything. Amazing, and it happened. Why should we be surprised? And when God does things, we always, like, for me, I always say, can you believe it? Can you believe God did this? Well, yeah, God's amazing. He's powerful. And so if I say that to you when God does something amazing, just remind me, well, yeah, duh, God's amazing. Why would you doubt? Why would you think anything less? So anyways, so they, David recovers everything. He gets his wives back. This is great news. Continuing on in verses 20 through 25, then David took all the flocks and the herds and they, they had driven before those other livestock and said, this is David's spoil. That now David came to the 200 men who had been so weary that they could not follow David, whom they also had made to stay on the, at the brook Besor. So they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him. And when David came near the people, he greeted them. Then all the wicked and worthless men of those who went with David answered and said, Because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered except for every man's wife and children, that they may lead them away and depart. But David said, My brethren, you shall not do do so. With what the Lord has given us, who has preserved us, preserved us and delivered delivered into our hand the troop that came against us. For who will heed you in this matter? But as his part is who goes down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays by the supplies, and they shall share alike. So it was from the day forward, he made it a, a statute and an ordinance for Israel to this day. Now here's an interesting 
scenario of what took place in this scene. David and his men regain everything that was taken away from them. So 400 men who crossed the river, they went with David. God blessed them, and they brought everything back. Now they come back to the 200 men who did not go. They were exhausted. These guys didn't do anything, right? They didn't have any part of the work, but yet here they are. And so they were left behind. Now David, when he comes to these guys... He goes and he greets them. He greets them. He, he, he greeted those who stayed behind. Literally means he came and he was concerned about them. This is a great example for all those in leadership. This is really awesome because to be concerned about the people, even to the people who do not perform, even the people who do not perform. The 400 men, the Bible describes, did you guys catch it? Verse 22, then all the wicked and worthless men of those who went with David and answered and said, worthless and wicked said, because they did not go with us, they should not receive any of the spoil. They should only get their families back. (sighs) David corrects them and tells them that they stayed back and they guarded the supplies. In the eyes of the 400, the 200 did nothing. But in reality, they protected the supplies. Now, this is a valuable lesson for us tonight. This is a valuable lesson because it's a lesson that I need to learn tonight. It's don't judge people by their actions. You and I do not know what is in the heart of man. Would you agree with that? We don't know what's in the heart of man. It is not our job to question what they do or how they do it. We need to leave the heart of man to God. And so often we get in this mode, and I am guilty of this. I get in the mode and I want to change the heart of man. That is not my job. That is not your job. That's God's job. That's the Father's job. It is not our job to, to change. It is God's, heart, jo- God's job to change the heart. I mean, God called the 400 who went with David, he called them wicked and worthless because they were focused on the 200 not doing anything, not going over with them to fight the battle. He called them, (laughs) this is what God's word says. The 200 staying back and the 400 going was all part of God's plan. The 400 men who went with David took the spoil and you know, they should have rejoiced in the, play, the, in the part that they played in God's, God's plan. And so often we get so concerned. And, and, and again, this is, very, this is very hardcore for me because we can be concerned with the parts that people are playing and not focusing on the part that God has us playing. You know, what God has placed before us, that's what we need to be focusing on. And I believe that God will deal with those who are being disobedient. And, and I, I would assume we're, all of us in here, we're pretty much, I would say we're family, okay? There's no one new. Nope, no one new. Okay, Noah's new. <laughs> no, just kidding. Guys, God is going to speak to the heart of man. And if somebody, especially a believer, one who walks with Jesus, if they 
hear the Holy Spirit, because the same Spirit resides in them as it does in us, if they disobey God, that's not my problem. That's God's problem, right? He's going to take it up with them. If they truly have the Spirit of God within them, God is going to convict them. God is going to bring them, and he's going to show them and expose to them where their disobedience is. How can I say this? Because he's done it with me, right? When I've been disobedient, when God has asked me to do something, he will address it with me. Son, right? The Father corrects whom he loves, the Bible says. Son, you didn't obey me in this situation. You didn't obey me. And so then it's between the person and God. And we pray that they repent and get right with God. But again, the heart, the battle (laughs) is not yours if somebody's disobedient to God. Now, to me, that brings a lot of peace and a lot of stress off my plate. Because if somebody chooses to be disobedient to God, that's between them and God. I'm going to be obedient to what God has put before my path. And I would challenge you tonight with that same thing. I know that we can focus on people and what they're doing and not doing, but you know what? (laughs) My focus needs to be on the Lord and what he's asked me to do. My only concern is if I'm obedient, because at the end of the day, I'm not standing in front of God with all of you. I'm standing before the Lord with me. And so I would challenge you tonight, focus on what God has put before you. And let God be God and be obedient to what he has asked you to do. Don't worry or be concerned with what others are doing or what they're thinking because just be obedient to God and God will take care of it. I truly believe that. We see it here in the, in the passage. Something very, very powerful within these verses. Uh, and so continuing on as we close out, verses 26 through 31. After this whole situation with the people were taken care of, now David, now when David came to Ziklag, he sent some of the spoil to the elders of Judah to his friends saying, here is a present for you from the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. To those who were in Bethel, those who were in Ramoth, and of those of the south, those who were in Jadadar, those who were in Aror, those who were in the Simoth, those who were in Estimol, those who were in Rachel, those who were in the cities of Jeremites, those who were in the cities of the Kenites, those who were in Hormah, those who were in Korashan, and those who were in Attic, those who were in Hebron, and to all those places where David himself and his men were accustomed to rove. And so David sends out some of the spoil to the people. And again, I love David's leadership. If I could pull anything from this, I learn a lot from David's leadership. And But you can learn in your own lives. David included the people in the victory. He included the people in the victory. A great lesson for you and me. Share God's goodness with others. Share the goodness of God with others. Truly, David had the heart of God. God shares his spoil with you and me. He doesn't have to, but yet he does. God is so good, my friends. He is so good. He is amazing. By doing this, David, he built favor with the people. He built favor with them. He did not know, but he would soon be king. He would soon be king. Well, that's all the time we have for today here on Grace to the Hearers with Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. 
Don't forget to join us next time as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of 1 Samuel. Now, as we mentioned at the beginning of today's program, we'd like to make available to you a free copy of today's message. We can send you a copy of today's message on audio CD when you email us at info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. Or you can listen to or download the message as originally recorded at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Just visit our website at gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. Again, we invite you to visit our website at gracetothehearers.com, where we provide helpful information about our beliefs, service times, and a convenient map to our church if you're in the Coolidge, Arizona area and would like to visit us. The Bible teaching that you hear each day on Grace to the Hearers is from the worship services at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. So if you've been blessed by today's message, join us for worship. Grace to the Hearers is the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Please join us next time as we continue our study through the book of 1 Samuel. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers. Grace to the Hearers